everybody, and welcome back to the Consummate Athlete Podcast. I'm Molly Herford, author of five books about all things cycling-related, writer about all things fitness-related over on theoutdooredit.com, among a million other sites, I guess. I just wrote up a quick thing about where where I've been the past month, and it it got a little extensive. Um, Anyway, also lover of all things fitness-related, which is why I started the Consummate Athlete Podcast, now over a year old, with my charming co-host and and husband, Peter Glassford. I am Peter Glassford. You are. (laughs) And I am a registered kinesiologist uh, and also professional cycling coach. And in my spare time, I like to race bicycles relatively quickly on an occasional basis. Speaking of occasional, you elected to not race this weekend in favor of getting in some good training for Ironman. I was not going to talk about that, but... I'm sorry, should I not have brought it up? I mean, I wasn't technically registered, so I don't think it really, really was an event of any type, (laughs) but yes, it did not happen. Life gets busy. Yes. There's been a a pretty severe rainstorm. And so the event went and kudos to the organizers. Uh, Mm -hmm. They sort of kept it going and did a lot of pre sort of maintenance to try and minimize trail damage and stuff. But it was it was a a tough, a tough weekend all around. So I feel Mm -hmm. for everyone. No blame going any directions. It's just sort of one of those severe weather weekends. Yeah. And kudos to all of your teammates for wins in all of their categories. Yes. All my Trek Canada teammates pulled the weight as they often do. They're all pretty talented. Yeah. So I'm lucky in that when I drop the ball, they're, they're, <laughs> they usually have a couple wins that the team can tweet about and, mm-hmm. and do such things. Yeah. So this weekend, I also did my my nice long run, 13 miler yesterday, which I mean, isn't really that long in context if you're like an ultra endurance person, but we haven't been doing a ton of longer runs lately. So it was a pretty big one. Yeah. I mean, I've sort of taken the philosophy that running is one of the most dangerous sports. So you want to be pretty careful with it. Mm -hmm. We are are in the last three months now. So yeah. Maybe time to throw a little bit of caution to the wind. That said, Peter is currently uh, I, putting I, I on... I don't know about that, but you want to do a couple for sure. Peter's putting on gloves right now to go out for his 13-mile yes. run. Well, the key to marathon running and injury prevention generally is a good set of gloves. Yes, so yes. I was just telling Molly a story about uh, one of my good friends and university mates uh, was really into running, but really that just meant he was into one-size-fits-all gloves labeled with a Nike check mark. Strangest thing I've ever heard. So he would just acquiesce these really fancy one-size-fits-all gloves so that he could keep his hands warm when he was running but i think i would just go running a lot of the times and i don't know i don't know how much running he actually did i am i'm a huge i like have such sympathy for him because i feel like that's a big thing that i tend to do and i i've gotten away from it in the last couple of years but i know i mean when i first got into climbing a few years ago I almost immediately went out and like researched the shoes and the harness and the chalk bag and all that stuff. And I don't climb that much. Like I needed a chalk bag and shoes, maybe. Harness was definitely pushing it. Yeah, we've talked about we're sort of on the two different poles because I'm very much like I will, if I can do it with one bicycle or one set Mm -hmm. of shoes, I will try until I have injured myself severely from, you know, running in dress shoes and (laughs) riding a road bike in all possible conditions although my road bike did race paris to ancaster to a top 10 so Mm -hmm. 
I, I will just say the Demone with the ISO speed, double ISO speed decoupler. Hashtag ISO speed decoupler. Is a superior bicycle. But, uh, if you say ISO speed decoupler three times, does Gary Fisher just like appear behind you? Like Beetlejuice style? I don't know Gary Fisher's feelings on the ISO speed decoupler. There hasn't been a module about that. Ah, right. Anyway, uh, I'm glad we just talked about kind of three of the things that end up in today's podcast. Uh, running, cycling, and a bit of fashion advice there. Uh, this week's podcast, uh, we got to hang out with the... Uh, the women behind the podcast, we got to hang out. Uh, Annalisa Fish and Abby Watson. And when I say we got to hang out, you I mean, mean I got to hang out. Well, I mean we in the sense of the general consummate athlete yeah. podcast community got I, to hang out Yeah, by uh, via you hanging out. I, I would say you were the there. We, we got to hang out with crew. Yeah, I'd say you were there in spirit, Peter, but it gets... It gets pretty girly at times, so I don't, I don't know. So I mean, there uh, some background there. One of the the newest podcast on our podcast network, Wide Angle Podium, mm-hmm. um, and they've been quite successful actually. Uh, for what they have a good following in the it's Portland they're from. Yep, they're both from Port. Or they're both living in Portland now. Annalisa is a PT, uh, so in addition to doing the podcast, she also is sort of a master bike fitter and does a lot of physical therapy stuff. So we sure that's physical therapy, not personal training. Yes, or some other act. I am quite positive. She's not like just a patient. That would be PT as well. I feel like you're just insulting her, and you haven't even met her. (laughs) I'm not insulting. I'm confirming what PT stands for for the listeners. Okay. Yes, she's awesome. Uh, We talk a lot about bike fit, some common issues people have, a couple of exercises that she finds herself recommending to pretty much everyone. Peter, you will. You would be very excited about this because she talks about how some PTs uh, tend to overcomplicate the exercises and want to have all these like kind of crazy, cool, new things so clients feel like they're getting this super special, like tailored to them, you know, whatever 30-step exercise, but really it comes back to glute bridges. Right. So we have a really good talk about that. Although I know you like the Turkish get up and I maybe rail about why I hate the Turkish get up for like a minute and a half. I don't know how you get out of bed in the morning then. (laughs) Uh, Usually with much prodding and pushing and stealing of blankets, as you are well aware. Anyway... (laughs) I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Uh, There's a little bit of background noise because we were recording in downtown Monterey at what turned out to be a bus station. So I did the best job I could editing. And it's actually not as bad as I was worried it was going to be. So it's pretty clear. Uh, But if you hear any background noise or pigeons or anything like that, that is why. Uh, Yeah, it's a super fun episode. I was really glad I got to hang out with them. So without further ado, let's dive in. So what are we talking about? Well, I want to talk kind of like first about, I want to get into fit stuff with you, but I want to talk like actually just like kind of podcast and you guys in cycling first. We can talk podcasts and cycling all day. Mm-hmm. Here with Annalisa Fish and Abby Watson, who are part of the Wide Angle Podium Network yes. with us. Um, we are, yeah. So very exciting. Your podcast has been super awesome. We got to hang out. You said it right. Yeah, yes. totally. I, like, I legit typed it wrong like five times today while I was like getting ready for this. How were you typing it? We get to hang out. Oh. So, That's exciting too. Tense, yeah. Yeah. Very in the now. Yeah. Like, oh. That makes sense. We like to brag about it later. 
And continuously. That's like the best part about the podcasting thing, right? Is like you get to talk to all of these people that yeah. you normally wouldn't get to have conversations with. Right. And that was the premise. We've like, been kind of blown away by all the people that are saying yes to talking with us, too. Right? Like we had like Na- we had a NASCAR guy, like an NFL guy on talking yeah. about like football and driving and stuff. Oh my God, we're going to get attacked by pigeons. We're going to shit on. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, are you? You're not E rated, huh? Uh, we are. So okay. Fine, yeah. Okay. <laughs> some people get some people don't. We yeah. don't have to. It's fine. Okay. So first of all, I'm really curious. How did you two meet? Well, I think we met on like a Rafa ride in Portland. And at the time I was a Rafa ambassador yeah. and Annalisa showed up and I was like, I think this girl like knows how to manage stuff. And I put her on the front of a ride and, and kind of made you be in charge for a little bit. Yeah. I think you were like a little overwhelmed. With yeah. It was people. like a super rainy, <laughs> terrible day. And I was like, day. I'll help her. Yeah. And you helped. I mean, that sounds pretty much like a normal Portland ride. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kind of rainy. This was totally. a really rainy ride. Okay. I think we really kind of started hanging out once I fixed your foot, though. Yeah, that's true. So I also run, <laughs> and okay. um, I was sort of training, just sort of winging this 30-mile trail run that I like to do in the winter. Just and winging a 30-mile trail yeah. run. NBD. Yeah. Yeah. yeah turns out that has some consequences <laughs> and um I thought I had shin splints but it turns out my arch was collapsing and Annalisa convinced me to tape my arch with KT tape and it totally worked and I ran amazingly yeah it was a it was a quick <coughs> fix but uh I think I built up some trust yeah in Abby in Abby Watson yep I'm and here we are bitter <laughs> that I don't live near you guys because I have like the same shin splinty type thing, oh yeah and I'm like maybe it's my arches yeah. yeah was it totally like inside of your ankle shin yeah. splints just okay, throw some KT tape, tape, tape on there on. yeah <laughs> I'll just duct you'll see me at the show like <laughs> yeah. duct tape on my like up no my problem leg. Yeah, it got to the point where I was, like, almost unable to tie my left shoe because my foot, the moment I would start running, would just go numb. And then, I don't know, this fixed it. And then you stopped running and started riding yeah, bikes again, and then we were <laughs> good. I still yeah, need arch support helps, yeah. in my cycling shoes, according to Annalisa, and you're probably right. Okay, so wait, you're a cyclist and runner. Yeah. What is your background? Triathlon? No, or? none of the, not triathlon. And I was a swimmer too. I just have no interest in <laughs> joining all those there. things. Um, I really just got into running as a way to experience this like huge park that we have in Portland that you're not really allowed to ride your bike in. So I was like, screw this. I'm running this. Okay. There you go. And what's yeah. your background in cycling and exercise? Um... I grew up playing basketball, so I played basketball through college and um, moved to, well, after grad school, moved to Austin, and then I found this cycling club. Like, what else can you really do in Austin but ride bikes because it's so hot? That's true. And I hate swimming. So (laughs) I found a bunch of girlfriends, and we started riding bikes on the weekend, and then I got into racing, and then I stopped racing. Okay. Sort of. <laughs> Occasional like races. Yeah. <laughs> and then, okay, so you guys met. You fit Annalisa, you fixed Abby's foot. Yeah. Yep. How do you get from that to podcast? Hmm. I well, feel like we, Annalisa, because she played so much basketball and was super into sports in school for a while, has this like pop culture void of like <laughs> 10 years. It's true, I do. So. I think Annalisa had me, like, writing 
movie and TV show recommendations for Which turned out to be spreadsheets. Yeah. Because Abby Watson spreadsheets. Um, Yeah. We have so Um. many Google Docs. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I can't. (laughs) Um, So that turned to podcast recommendations. And just like talking about comedy and things we thought were funny. We really like Two Dope Queens. Okay. Have you heard that one? It's it's quite good. Um, Just like, yeah, friends hanging out bullshitting we decided we both thought was super funny and honestly like now that I'm not racing as much I just I felt like well this year I needed to laugh and I mean I don't know a little more culture yeah in our lives and less about numbers and so I asked for my birthday for some podcast equipment yeah and my husband who was into audio was just like yeah here let's do this yeah you're gonna buy more stuff (laughs) yeah there's no end to the amount of stuff you end up buying for the podcast. That's true. Like that's, that's totally what I've realized. It's funny, though. I started listening to podcasts, and I was all about, like, the really serious, like, here are the actionable items from this podcast oh, ones at first. Yeah. But then lately, I've been really into ones that are just, like, really chatty and, like, yeah, like I run listening to them, and I'm like... I feel like I'm just, like, listening to a conversation. Yeah. yeah. It's just, like, better somehow. It's like you're a part of something, and then you, like... It, laugh about it like I'll be getting ready in the morning and just like cracking my shit up just yeah. like it's great <laughs> and I think for me I'd worked in the bike industry for like eight or nine years and then about a year ago transitioned and I'm not working in the bike industry anymore so oh, this so was a way to like stay involved and <laughs> yeah. make our own thing okay. which was super it's fun it's been super well received too yeah yeah. yeah, I was just talking about your numbers with Spencer. <laughs> oh, Spencer. Are our numbers good? Yes. Oh, sweet. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. He's like listening to this. He's like, oh, God, please don't throw me under the bus. <laughs> I think we're going to yeah. meet Spencer tonight. Yeah, we haven't even met, met him. We haven't met him. Do you want to hang out tonight? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we'll let you know. That'd be sweet. Yeah, Spencer's rad. I've known him like since cyclocross like yeah. eons ago. How did you get into podcasting? Can I ask you questions on your <laughs> podcast? <laughs> yeah. We honestly, I write so much and Peter has been really, we both listen to a ton of podcasts. Yeah. And we kind of just wanted this like reason to talk to people else. Like now that I'm talking to cyclists, we wanted to talk to people outside. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, that worked out well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've ended up doing a bunch with cycling, but we also wanted to get into a bunch of other sports stuff. Yeah. And yeah. I had no desire to write yet, like start like another blog or something like that. And we kind of wanted to see how the podcasting thing worked because it's like yeah, it yeah. seems like it's kind of the new media. So yeah, yeah. As someone who's you know, livelihood is media. It yeah. sort of made sense to practice on, like, a yeah. podcast that we were just super stoked on. Yeah. Versus, like, you know, waiting till <coughs> journalism is, like, dead. And right. And <laughs> figure out how to do this from scratch. Yeah. So, it's been, yeah, it's been super fun. Good. Um, okay, so we're, we're outside in the middle of Monterey, but we're at Sea Otter. So, first Sea Otter. I know yeah. we talked about this before we started recording, but how has it been for you guys? It's really cool. It's, I feel like the the racing scene is super interesting. So yeah, much amateur blend. racing. Yeah. And we're surrounded by it where we're camping. It's yeah. really funny. I found myself like we arrived, all these racers around us because we're camping mm-hmm. in the you minivan. Still have a little bit more like racing PTSD it's, than I it's do. It's pretty fresh. <laughs> I mean, sorry racers, oh, it's yeah. rad. <laughs> racing is awesome. But you have this sense of like anxiety leading up, and like the fun of racing is like during and when you're done. So. Mm-hmm. Um, 
yeah, I just felt myself like getting anxious yesterday morning. <laughs> yeah. I was like, geez, this is not fun. <laughs> yeah. Not at all. <laughs> and then we like found pockets of people that we know and like we started interviewing them and just like it became super fun. Yeah. And so Sea Otter, I mean, I think when you find your niche within the like chaos, mm-hmm. it's really fun. It's been really fun. And even our camping neighbor this morning was like, how'd it go for you guys yesterday? I think just assuming, even though we told them yesterday we weren't racing, it's just in everyone's mindset to be like, how'd you do? We did great. We did great. (laughs) It was a hard ride, but we did great. (laughs) (laughs) The podcasting went really well. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's interesting because I've come here, I've never raced the otter, but I've always been supporting other racers. So my husband's raced and Mm -hmm. stuff and being kind of on the racer side versus like the media side. Yeah. yeah. It's like two different worlds. Yeah. I usually spend my time like jumping between the two. Right. It's very confusing. That is confusing. It is crazy. It's like, there's like this whole other like thing. There's so many different things going on. Yeah. I think you're right. You have to kind of find that pocket. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Or else it's it's like, holy shit. There's... (laughs) Over stimulus. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. I watched the Cat Five Women's Crit the other day, and it was so cool seeing. I kind of forgot what like Cat Five and like the yeah. inner racing like feels like. Yeah. And it was the coolest thing. Also, I realized that side braids are very in right oh, now. Oh, totally. And I have like such side braids. I cut my hair, and it was sometimes that was a consideration. Yeah. <laughs> um, on the topic of Cat Five, I think that like back again to the podcast thing i think we should all embrace a little more cat five in our life like it's okay we're psyched to be beginners at this whole podcast thing it's super it's liberating and really fun we're we're like embracing our awkwardness yeah as we go and like cat five bike racing was really fun too i think it was like the most fun yeah or four whatever it was like yeah I don't Whatever. Think there was five back. Yeah. I think they have five now. I think it was, okay. I swear it was mm-hmm. a cat five. <laughs> when but you yeah. knew it was fun. Yeah. I mean, it was fun. I don't want to. N- okay, we're done talking about bike yeah, racing. Like, <laughs> okay, no more bike racing. I, I feel like your heart rate is just starting to. <laughs> like, that's how I saw Fred Armisen. <laughs> okay, how do you. Especially, you have, like, a pretty active practice mm-hmm. with physical therapy. How are you balancing that with, like, the podcasting and all of this stuff? Well, it's hard. Um, yeah, there's a lot of editing that goes in with it. Um, but I'm still just so stoked. And so you prior- prioritize things you're really stoked about. Mm-hmm. And I'm stoked about my job at, at home, too. Mm-hmm. So, um, well, yeah. You said that the podcast, in some ways, has helped your practice. It definitely has. Like, my practice is pretty pretty it's thriving mm-hmm. um so it was difficult to get away <laughs> this weekend yeah um but yeah I mean as long as I find enough time to ride I try to commute uh, to work that keeps me like stoked about everything and my mental health and physical mm-hmm. health good I, I it's a tough balance but it's it's definitely worth it yeah yeah that that makes sense Okay, so we're, we're we're three women. We're very clearly heavily involved in the women's cycling scene. Yeah. How do you think you? How do you guys think it's changed? I guess since you got into it, or has it? How has it changed? Like, has it grown? Mm. Has it stayed the same? I kind of don't feel like it's growing. Yeah. I don't know. Part of uh, I don't this know. This could be specific is, to where we live too, but I feel like women's amateur road racing where we live has kind of plateaued Mm -hmm. and they're having plateaued's the wrong word they're having a hard time recruiting and maintaining racers yeah so that's been a topic of conversation at home for us i think racing 
I don't know. I don't know the answer. I think generally, like women on bikes, is that population is growing, which is yeah. great. But the racing, like, honestly, there. I mean, I might piss some people off, but there were times where it just like it wasn't fun because yeah. of the people racing made it. I, I like. I have many stories, and it's like. And I'll be honest, there were times when I was a total bitch too, and I'm super like regretful about I that. <laughs> like, um, and I feel awful, but it's just kind of the, I don't want to say it breeds this culture, but I mean, the stakes are high in road racing, so people are stressed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, I wish we could get a little more fun around it, and I don't know how to do that. Yeah. So it's hard for me just to like armchair this. Like, I mean, I don't have a solution. Yeah. I think there's some pretty exciting stuff happening in professional women's racing right now like yeah, I know I really enjoyed yeah. watching World Cup mountain biking last year it was like super fun to watch there's a lot of great competition mm-hmm. um, so I think the caliber of professional women's racing is rising and that's really fun to yeah yeah I'm it. talking about like yeah. elite elite like local stuff yeah. or like yeah. regional yeah. I don't feel like that there's I, stuff I going agree. on with that yeah no, that I agree. It seems interesting because it feels like there's a lot more women's cycling media and stuff like yeah. that that's growing. But yeah, not necessarily like the actual numbers. The yeah. racing, like regionally. Yeah. Which is strange because there are so many cool like women's media and stuff. And maybe that's just because the more cycling media I'm into, the more yeah. I see of women. No, there's a lot more of that. Like you're doing a great job. Um, yeah. <laughs> And then even, like, clothing, like, there's yeah, way right? more clothing, yeah. bikes, you know. Maybe they are kind of in, like, and this is something that Ellen mentioned, like, if you if you build it, they will come sort of state right yeah. now, where we're, like, building the framework for people to get involved, yeah. but it's not quite there yet. I think so, yeah. I feel bad for you. You're like, no, oh, God. God. <laughs> Sorry for this audio. It sounds a little uneven. <laughs> it's my fault. <laughs> Yeah, that and the buses that now yeah. have started like pulling totally. up every two seconds. Um, okay, you do bike fits, and I really want to like talk about that because mm-hmm. I am just insanely passionate about uh, lady parts and the bike, which yeah. is a very odd thing to be passionate about. <laughs> it's important. Not it's many people important. are, or they don't talk about it like they are. No, so that was, uh, like in 2014, I wrote the first version of my book, Saddle Store, because mm-hmm. I was having women come up to me at races and be like, oh, what is this? And I was like... I have no idea. That's gross. Yeah. <laughs> what are you showing me? Go to a doctor. They're showing you. Wow. That's, yeah. No, they like, feel really comfortable around you, Molly. Short. I know. Like, yeah. yay me. <laughs> but I ended up writing this whole book about it, and now like a second edition of it, because like no one was having those conversations. Yeah. I bought yeah. that book. <laughs> I did. I gave it to a client, too, because she was yes, having a hard time. I have a new copy. Do you have the new one or the old one? I have the I have, old one. I have the new one. Okay. Now. Sweet, it's thank way you. Better. It's way awesome. better. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> I thought it, the first one was good. The first one was good, but the second one is like a billion times better, like updated and rewritten and yeah, awesome. just fancier and more, I think more fun to read versus okay. more just like inf- information yeah. like bullet points. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just so weird that I didn't expect people to care or buy it or like want to read it. Yeah. And then I started giving talks and women were coming into bike shops or I'd be doing a talk at night and they'd be like... So every time I ride, I'm numb, and I haven't had sex in ten years because it hurts too much. And I'm Whoa, like, poor thing. Yeah. <laughs> like seriously, no, that, that's not right. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. And then I'm like, have you gotten a bike fit? And they're like, no. Yeah. <laughs> so importance of bike fit. Yeah. Please. <laughs> the importance of bike fit. Um, well, I think it. <laughs> many reasons. Um, 
you know, saddle area is a huge one. But, I mean, just efficiency on the bike. Uh, I try to set people up in an efficient, n- neutral position, but based on, you know, their goals in, of riding. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to avoid injury and, and, yeah, again, efficiency to be as fast as possible mm-hmm. uh, on your bike. Yeah. What are signs of a good bike fit? And what are signs of a bad bike fit? That might actually be the easier <laughs> yeah. one to answer. Signs of a bad bike fit are probably that you're experiencing pain, um, any numbness in feet, hands, saddle area. Um, but yeah, like pain is a good one. And then like the inability to like kind of reach your potential. I yeah. mean, that's multifactorial for sure, but uh, a that good a big fit. Word. My vocabulary is expanding. I, once I get into like my profession, okay. I feel like those words, yeah, those words I got down. Um, <laughs> you're making our editing job so hard. Or you can just keep that in yeah, there. We're just keeping. Yeah, it in awesome, there. awesome. Um, yeah, so that's. I mean, multifactorial. Yeah. <laughs> Just keep saying it. <laughs> I don't remember what I'm talking about now. <laughs> Thanks, Abby. Signs of a bad bike fit. Yeah, I mean, pain. Pretty much. That's like a red flag. Pain, yeah. numbness. Um, even like handling. Like if handling feels really off. Yeah. Like that, that. That's definitely a red flag too. Yeah. Now, when you have clients come in for a bike fit, is there anything you wish that they would tell you that you feel like you always have to like tug out of them? areas of discomfort like like I'll have them fill out a history form and I am a physical therapist so I'm used to this all the time so before the bike fits we'll do like a quick body scan like I'll do posture and then I'll talk to them and be like okay let's start at the feet you have any foot numbness okay any knee pain you know hip pain what muscles fatigue the most low back pain you know you know I just go up up the chain and And they're like, uh, sort of, uh, it's mostly okay. And I'm like, uh, what does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Mostly okay. Yeah. Like, oh boy. And like, I'm just like, we should address it now. Yeah. So I try to, I'm pretty thorough with yeah. the history. Now you guys both do the like ambassador type rides now. You're leading them or? Not me anymore. Oh, okay. No. Yeah. Abby's sort of retired, but uh, she's always still there. So. Yeah. Um, I am a rock Are there any things you notice that, like, beginner women are, like, tending to do? I hate to say wrong, but wrong. (laughs) A lot of it's, like, posture on the bike. Um, Are you going to talk about glutes now? Maybe. (laughs) Well, (laughs) beginner women. You want to hear the glutes? I want to hear the glutes. You can't just say glutes and then, like... I didn't say it. (laughs) Um, I just think, like... Yeah, I just notice like posture on the bike and I can tell when people are uncomfortable and I can tell like why they're sitting how they are. Um, the way your pelvis interacts with the saddle um, changes a lot of things on the bike uh, in the bike fit. Um, you know, if you're rotated backwards in the pelvis posteriorly, uh, the reach is a lot harder to get to the handlebars are. Yeah. And so I see a lot of people because they're avoiding soft tissue pressure on the saddle that then they have neck pain because they're right. trying to reach the bars. Oh, yeah. he's like, this all makes sense. Yeah. And there is... You're just going to go over yeah. and start fiddling with your bike fit now. No, she doesn't. I haven't fit that bike. Me. I haven't. Oh, okay. No wonder you look so good. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding. 
Um, and just like well-fitting chamois, I think is really important because that oh interaction is, is super important with the yeah. saddle. I hear so many women do the double it, like that double their chamois, what? and I did not even know that was a thing. Like two chamois? Yeah. That's not a thing. No, that's not a thing. I get the the awkward conversation often as like underwear. Oh, yeah. And I'll just be like, so, and I mean, I'm in a clinical setting, so it's easier for me than say someone in a bike shop. Like a teenage boy in a bike shop talking to like a 50-year-old woman. Yeah, it's, and well, I have to talk to men about it too. And, you know, it's very. are men wearing underwear with their chamois? They are. Yeah, I've seen like boxers. Yeah, like their like, yeah. boxer up. briefs. Yeah, I'm just like explain to them that's more, it's more friction and, yeah. and more soft tissue like discomfort. So I I always have like whenever I give a talk with like more than like say 15 women, there's always one that will be like, I wear underwear and I don't have saddle sores. I'm like, good good for you. And she like, probably sits super posteriorly yeah. rotated on the saddle and like has neck pain. Like I'm not going to give you a gold star or change my opinion on underwear. No. Like yeah. it's still. Yeah. <laughs> Take a look at her on her bike and then see. Yeah. But, um, you, but you can't really do that. <laughs> be yeah, like, okay. <laughs> You're still wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so would you say the glute thing is like the biggest issue that women tend to have as far as their bike fits go? Uh, not just women. I would say, like, I see a lot of people, especially more, like, elite racers who have, like, a hip uh, issue, Mm -hmm. Um, whether it's, like, an impingement or even a labral tear, um, SI joint even, Mm -hmm. all of those, even low back pain, yeah, um, like, kind of hamstring cramping, (laughs) like, it's a lot of times related to a lack of, uh, like, a glute dysfunction. we sit on our asses all day, yeah. you know, and and people crash on one side more than the other. And so when that soft tissue like gets, you know, bruising, we tend to not use it yeah. as much or like I'm sitting cross-legged and usually my left leg, well, I don't want to get into it too much, but I have like issues with my left hip and yeah. I'm not doing myself any favors right now. Um, so yeah, by not like engaging that glute, you become pretty quad dominant yeah. on a particular side, and it pulls the side of the pelvis kind of out of alignment. Mm-hmm. And then you know we're not symmetrical creatures, but we try to be. Yeah, I think when we are most symmetrical, we have less pain. So um, do you think that's like magnified in a sport like cycling versus say basketball that's more dynamic to start with absolutely we're in one plane and you know I'll see people like like I saw this guy on before he left and he was sitting off the saddle to one side and he had chronic like SI joint pain low back pain and he had a pretty he has a pretty large leg leg length discrepancy like a true leg length discrepancy do you see that often by the way Leg length, so there's functional and like true. Yeah. So functional will be like, um, it appears that they have one, Mm -hmm. but usually it's because of that pelvic misalignment. Right. Um, True is less, is more rare. Yeah. Um, I think that's actually like a weird problem in the bike fitting like industry when you get like the kind of more generic bike fitters. Yeah. Everyone tends to just go to like the amount of people I know that are like, yeah, I have a huge leg length discrepancy and they just believe there's nothing to be done for it. Yeah, I I am not one to put in a lot of shims and like wedges unless it's 
entirely necessary yeah and it's rare that it's entirely necessary yeah uh, I won't unless someone's gotten an x-ray for like that's the gold standard mm-hmm. for determining leg length discrepancy um, and if I do it's well for the shims at least it's it's temporary because yeah. there's stuff off the bike I mean I think that's the beauty of my profession is there's you know I give people exercises so that they can work to become more symmetrical and efficient yeah so uh yeah that makes a lot of sense do you guys have to go at like you have a ride at nine right nine fifteen. Oh, okay like courtney's do you know courtney mcfadden yeah she's gonna meet us here talk Aww. about hips yeah oh i love courtney yeah i told she's you like, where's your riding gear i am so sad i returned my bike yesterday oh, oh i'm sorry buddy i know i told mm-hmm. you to come ride i know and i should have this is always my issue with Seattle. There's always so many things going on. And well, like, you'll get to say hi, at least. And our yeah. friend Bud from Oakley is coming. To oh, sweet. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. All right. Now I feel less. I was like, oh my gosh, do you guys need to like jump no, on your bikes and like nope. sprint away? Okay. Well, they're meeting us here too. So okay, perfect. Excellent. Um, now I've lost my train of That's thought. That's okay. <laughs> um, okay, so what are some of like the most common exercises you end up prescribing? Or is it one of those totally individualized like... No, I mean, I know it's totally individualized. I'd like to say it was super individualized, but I have found myself, um, I mean, it is. Yeah. But the the exercises for, like, just getting the glutes to fire in my clinic are mm-hmm. pretty much the same. Um, so, like, glute bridges. Yeah. Uh, I love. And just I'll have people, like, do them right before they ride mm-hmm. uh, just to kind of prime that glute, get it firing after sitting all day yeah uh, single leg glute bridge and I think they're really telling I'm like I don't want to reinvent the wheel like it they're super solid exercises and I know there's way more creative ones out there but it's like you you'll know these like an 18 move like nope I give people three. Yeah. <laughs> okay, thank you. They're my least favorite exercise yeah. ever. I'm we, like, I shouldn't have to yeah, think yeah, like this much. So hard. <laughs> like, shit, did I miss a step? Yeah. Like, six or seven you steps? totally did. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because there's 30. Yeah. One rep. Yeah. No, I have and all th- you're trying to do is stand up. Yeah. Right. Just stand up. No, I have three exercises that I give, well, pre bike, and they're sometimes they change depending on the person, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I found them to be pretty helpful. Like, I don't know, like there, there's just so much hip dysfunction in cycling, this repetitive movement with a closed off hip angle and bike fit, poor bike fit is not helping. Um, especially in the pro Peloton, Mm -hmm. I get a lot of people talking to me like, Oh yeah, that's, that sounds like my issue. Yeah. So they've been really helpful. Okay. Now I'm going to ask for, for Abby and I here Uh running and cycling. Oh yeah. Um, is that better or worse <laughs> on our hips? Like, how screwed are we? Yeah, you tell us. Oh, this is... I'm yeah, answering that. We need to know for, yeah. for us. <laughs> um, hmm. <laughs> I Honestly, the fact that you guys do both is, I think, best. Um, so, running or... Uh, I, I know more about cycling. I'll, like, yeah. I'm a cycling PT specialist. Um but like the more dynamic exercises you can do for yourself and get in the, the weight room, it's really helpful for like hip health and just general mm-hmm. body health. It's the like people who just ride bikes, they have the most issues. I think the worst is the people that just ride TT bikes. Yeah, <laughs> I know those. 
the amount of like triathletes that I talk to that have numbness just all the time. Yeah. And then walk. Yeah, their position is so set. Yeah, exactly. Uh. It's it's terrifying. Mm-hmm. I thought about getting a tri bike for the summer because I'm doing we're doing Ironman BC. Uh huh. Just casually. Just yeah, just like a casual. <laughs> Ironman. Thirty mile trip. Yeah. Casual Ironman. I don't know. Yeah. Casual Ironman's kind of next level. Yeah. <laughs> I think you'll be there. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, nope. You can't make me get on a, t- like a yeah. TT bike. It's not gonna happen. You maybe should think about it. I'll be miserable. I'm going to stick arrow bars. There's 2,000 meters of climbing on the course. Okay. Like, screw that noise. I want my climbing bike. All right, all right. (laughs) Um, I'm trying to think of other other things I had. And, oh, actually, my big question. How how often do you see people on the wrong size bike? Because I feel like... I know a lot of women that are on horribly sized bikes. Often. Because because (laughs) their, their boyfriend, husband you know xyz 15 year old at the bike shop like yeah put them on the world's worst bike yes i see people on too big of bikes all the time and it it looks uncomfortable mm-hmm. and oftentimes i'll do my best to kind of uh, shrink it a little bit yeah but there are times where i'm like yeah sorry this won't work yeah i hate breaking it to them yeah so it, the answer is often okay good to know <laughs> yeah. um you guys are both very stylish right now. I have to ask. Oh. I mean, like, look, I'm going to have to take a picture so we can put it in the show notes. Annalisa doesn't like to match too much. I don't like to match too much. But you've got, like, a... It's still kind of a matching. I like coordinating. Yeah, coordinating. yeah. Abby is on point all the time. I like matching. Uh, yeah, I was going to say. But I've got a lot of blues like going on. And sometimes like I think it's a little excessive. Thank you. Oh, no. <laughs> I've just started, like, a fight now. No. no. This is Abby. Ongoing joke. Um, moderately excessive. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. yeah. In all things. In all Casual. Things. I mean, she's got trail runs socks that match her this bibs, is... that match her jersey, that match her hat. Like, same brand. Like, That's pretty solid. Although, I don't know how to point this out, but the, the purple on the bottom of your shoes does not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's just used to wearing shoe covers yeah, all the time. Yeah, it's true. Okay, there we go. Yeah. Right, favorite piece of gear, or like favorite couple pieces of gear? It depends on the season. So, Abby's. Um... I love the Rafa Marino leg warmers. That's what I was going to say. They're pretty great. Like, they are pretty It's great. a little bit specific to our Portland weather, but they are sort of a go-to for eight months out of the year. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a big one. I like, I feel like this is going to be like a Rafa thing. Okay. <clears throat> well, I want to say the leg warmers too. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like this new vest I got. I don't know which one it is, but the it's classic. Go- and I it, was it's just going to say, I write about the classic. Yeah. All the time. I've had yeah. it, honestly, I think I got it the like, first version of them. Yeah. I've had it for four or five yeah. years. It's so I used to work for Rafa, and the classic gelée was the one of the, it had, like, the lowest return rate. This thing's awesome. Because, like, the sizing is just super solid. She said it's mine was too piece. big today. I did, but, but then I you like said you wanted it too big, I and I said, it. fine. You know what? I also bought this jacket recently um, when I was in L.A. from Ringtail. Have you heard of that brand? I have. So, Cal Kelly, out mm-hmm. of a Golden Saddle, um, okay. he started a brand called Ringtail, and it's kind With of With Sean Talkington. Yeah, I don't know the other guy, but their new line is pretty sweet, too. And they've got, I bought this, like, tie-dye, like, wind jacket, and it's amazing. <coughs> okay, how, yeah, how would you guys describe your cycling style aesthetics? <laughs> Yours is changing, right? Yours is matching. Yeah, matching. Abby Watson on point. I like Mine is uh, slightly disheveled, but 
looked slightly disheveled. <laughs> <laughs> but not too disheveled. Not too disheveled. No. Yeah. yeah. I like to say mine is like yeah, what's as, yours? as neutral as humanly possible, like blacks and grays, yeah. and like I'm happy. I neutral from the the brand standpoint too. Also from the brand. Yeah, standpoint. I can like, yeah. see that. I've got my like special like you know my specific loves of like you know ten pieces that come everywhere. <laughs> but yeah, I'm like always trying stuff and reviewing yeah, yeah. it. But every time a company's like, yeah, we'll send you our like bright pink or like high vis or I'm like, do you have that in a gray? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's also like. I don't know where you... Where do you live? Nowhere. Okay. <laughs> well, where we live, there's traffic. So sometimes, like, I'll pull out the yellow jacket, mm-hmm. you know, just That's where things like, like bright shoe covers, I think, really come in handy because you can wear a lot of blacks and you have bright shoe covers. Yeah. And there's actually, like, some science behind bright shoe covers specifically being really helpful because of the movement of your feet. Mm-hmm. It really Whoa. helps you be identified as, like, a pedestrian or a cyclist or yeah. just a moving person. Oh, nice. Yeah. I like that. I like to blend in with the road. I'm kind of yeah. camouflaged. Yeah. I have like a matte black bike. My helmet's yeah. black. Yeah. Like it's it's pretty bad. Like my dad saw my new bike and it's. What I do you ride? Black, I have a Trek Amanda. Okay. Nice. It's like the matte black. Yeah, that's like the glossy logo. Yeah. But like I had like a black and white Cannondale, and then I got this like black on black. And dad, yeah. my dad's yeah. like. Could you get any more like just neutral? Like, dare yeah. me, I'll try. Yeah, like, you put lights on there. Yeah. You put lights on there when you ride. If I yeah, if I'm riding like in any kind of area where there's a lot of traffic or yeah, I'm good. unfamiliar with the area, I will. I'm just concerned for your safety yeah. a little bit too. It's, uh, when I, it's bad. When I was running, I realized I was wearing like um, a hound's tooth, but like a really like subtle hound's tooth, like yeah. top, and like literally like. I think it was called cement leggings. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Like, oh my God, I look like roadkill right yeah. now. Like, <laughs> I think there's a lot of cool stuff going on with reflective gear now that's yeah. not like commuter reflective gear, that's more performance reflective. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm excited by that. Like even these shoes, like this is all reflective. That's cool. Like yeah. subtle reflective, yeah. yeah. And Rafa and Jiro teamed Those up with them. Those are awesome. Those shoes are pretty sweet. Yeah. Absolutely. They look glittery in the day. And reflective at night. Sparkly. Which is like my club style too. Yeah, totally. glittery. <laughs> That's your, your version of partying. Yeah. On a, on a Between bicycle. Between 4 and 8 p.m. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah. So you get to see the glitter around yeah. the floor. Yeah. It's reflective by uh, Crazy. Yeah. Don't get too yeah. crazy, man. Absolutely. Health IQ is a life insurance company that promotes a health conscious lifestyle through financial rewards. They've used science and data to get lower rates on life insurance for health-conscious people just like you, including those who exercise four times a week through cycling, weightlifting, swimming, running, whatever consummate athlete lifestyle you're, you're undertaking. Research has shown that people who are highly active through exercise have a 22% lower cancer risk, 50% lower heart risk, and 34% lower risk of early death. Many people who exercise regularly don't realize that they can get a special rate with Health IQ if they qualify through the Health IQ quiz. Health IQ has special rates for cyclists, runners, triathletes, vegans, and other health-conscious people, so you can qualify by scoring elite on quizzes for specific lifestyles. Essentially replacing BMI with waist-to-hip ratio for better predictors of cardiovascular disease when it comes to weightlifters and muscular builds. That's great for me. 
They also have replaced the LDL-HDL ratio with triglyceride to HDL ratio for low-carb and paleo dieters, which is a better predictor of cholesterol health, and they don't take into account one incidence of family history if you're otherwise healthy. So, go over to healthiq.com slash CAPod. All lowercase. And take that quiz. Um, They have a bunch of different quizzes on the website, and the website's pretty well designed, so it's worth heading over there, checking it out, and again, using that link, healthiq.com slash C-A-P-O-D. Hey guys, if you didn't know, in addition to doing this podcast, I'm also the author of a few different books on cycling, including Saddle Sore, Ride Comfortable, Ride Happy, which came out last November. So... If you were on a ride and you sprained your ankle, would you say something to the group you were riding with? Of course you would. But what about when you're on a ride and you realize that you've gone completely numb down there or you're chafing so badly you're afraid you might be bleeding? Uh, Most people don't speak up in that case. Most people will just suffer in silence and have no idea why they have massive saddle sores, uh, if they realize they have saddle sores at all, or they just won't ride that much anymore. So, it doesn't matter whether you're a beginner or a pro, this stuff happens, it's awkward, we don't love talking about it, but that lack of communication is hurting our riding and it's making it so much less fun. So, enter Saddlesore, the first guide that answers all of these embarrassing, awkward, or plain weird questions that you have about the bike and those sensitive areas. In my book, you learn how to diagnose and treat saddle sores, how to choose a saddle and a chamois, whether a pad is better than a tampon, what causes numbness on the bike, how to get back to riding after pregnancy, and so much more. And you'll also find new chapters, including a section for male riders and a ton more questions than the original edition that came out in 2014. So pick up a new copy of the 2016 version over at consummateathlete.com backslash shop where you can find more info on the book or the link to buy it over on Amazon. And we'll have it in the show notes as well. Give it a look. I know this is like asking somebody to pick their favorite pet or their favorite child or something, but who, who have your favorite podcasts been with so far? Ooh. Like people we interviewed? Yeah, and you don't have to feel oh. like, And it could just be because it was like a great podcast, not because of the person. This is not about the person. Yeah, well, every week it just, I feel like it keeps getting better. Like, yeah. so it's hard to... I, I can't. I, know. I don't know. Peter makes fun of me because every intro, I'm like, "This is my favorite podcast yeah. <laughs> ever in my life." Oh, I mean, they're all great. Like, we, I had a lot of fun talking to Katie Compton. I actually really love Katie. I yeah. Think she's super rad. Oh, she's like there amazing. was a point in our interview with her where we started talking about movies we've seen more than ten times, and like, we had so much fun at that specific moment in the podcast with her. Yeah, I feel like she could let she her guard, up guard down a little bit. Uh, and just, like, talking to her not about bike racing, yeah. like, yeah. about her cars. I've actually stayed with them a couple times in Colorado oh, cool. when I went to the Medicine of Cycling Conference and didn't get to spend enough time with her. But I feel like that's almost, like, one of the reasons that why, you know, I wanted to start the podcast was mm-hmm. to kind of, like, spending two hours with Katie Compton at her house, drinking wine, just shooting the shit was, like, the highlight of my summer and so i feel like we get to do that with all these people like every week yeah. that is that's a pretty good highlight yeah, yeah she's red yeah i'm not like oh i want to do that more <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. i need more wine in well my then, you, then yeah. you do 
let us inspire you, Molly. Yeah. Your podcast is great, by the way. Yeah. Um, but yeah. wine always helps. <laughs> yeah. No, we've definitely been shifting in like the more conversational direction, and maybe that's because we've been like talking to people we know. Because we actually started with a lot of people we hadn't like we'd never talked yeah. to. Before. Yeah. We're like experts in like another field or yeah. sport. Yeah. I don't know, like I sat in Phil Gaiman's apartment and chatted with him. Yeah. That was, like, one of my favorites. Yeah. Yeah. The experience. Like, when you're having a good time at, like, interviewing, I think it really helps. I agree. We've had some that were a little (laughs) stiff, and we're kind of like, hmm, walk away, like, what was that? That was less fun. (laughs) Yeah. But still fun. Yeah. Yeah. And great that we get to do this. Yes. It's always easier when you're writing about those interviews versus yeah. when you're, yeah. you're going to be like put, putting them out as, here's the audio. Like, yeah. I really like to be able to joke around with people, so anytime we can do that, yeah. um, it's a win. Yeah, like, I don't know, Jacob, Rebecca Gates in our house drinking wine. We giggled so much with oh, Rebecca. Way too much. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. I am, like, so jealous of yeah. that one. Because yeah. I only got to talk to her on the phone, and that yeah. was, like, three years ago. Well, when ago. you come to Portland, we'll all ride together. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't been to Portland since, like... Back when the USGP still had those, were so awesome. Race. I wasn't there at that oh, time. I miss when USGP was like in Portland at, at PIR. Right, yeah. But then, yeah, it moved to Bend. Did it move to Bend? Or yeah. Yeah. So I was there for a few of those years. I went to one of the USGPs in Portland. Okay. Well, I when it was in much. Bend, was it still USGP? I think there were a couple of years it was. Okay. Yeah. And then it, it was, was after nationals. nationals. Yeah. We'll have to find another reason for you to come yeah. out to I know, Portland. We keep meeting to, and I mean, really, like we're in Vancouver this summer. So <laughs> yeah, it's you are. That hard. It's to, like, like five and a half hours. We have to drive. We're driving out to Calgary for nationals, and then on to Whistler for the Ironman, and then we have to drive back. So maybe we'll yeah. try to like Go drop south. down and then yeah. Then back You'll pass through my small little hometown of Blaine, sure. Washington. Ooh. Yeah. It sounds, is the border town. Exciting. The mm. Border town. It's like right. Oh, really? Yeah. So did you go, like, party in Canada when you were 18? I was, so 19, right? Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, like, 18 in Quebec, so, like, oh, a lot yeah. of the Ottawa kids will, like, ride their bikes. Yeah, yeah totally. Then, I went to college at St. Lawrence, which is oh, okay. basically Canada, um, and Ottawa was our closest city, so we spent a lot of time going up to Canada for the weekend. <laughs> I, I was too much of a prude. Like, I, yeah, I played basketball, and that was what I did. Oh, okay. Oh, so you were, like, hardcore into basketball then. Yeah, I was pretty passionate. I, I kind of, whatever I do, I'm kind of doing it. <laughs> I love that. Are you moderately obsessive? I think moderately obsessive is my new favorite yeah. term. I don't know. We'll think about that okay. one and make a judgment call. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Because you guys are bike racers, we'll, we'll wrap up our ex-bike <laughs> race, recovering bike race. We race cross. Okay. Recovering. Recovering. Yeah, yeah, totally still works. <laughs> I think, rec- yeah, exactly. Like, that's what you And I was really never like. much of a bike racer. Just have ridden a lot. Just crushes casually. Yeah. As as women who crush casually yeah. on bikes. <laughs> okay. Um, best advice, I guess, for beginner women getting into cycling? Um... Well, I probably have two. One is a bike fit because <laughs> it, it'll yes, make your please, please yeah. get a bike fit, people. <laughs> it make, it'll make your bike riding experience way more enjoyable. Riding with other people aside from your significant other oh is God. really yeah. important. You said that. Uh, whether it's girlfriends, guy friends, whatever, just people who I, I don't know. I kind of turn into a wimp when I'm like with Corey sometimes, and I like complain more. So I, I feel like you kind of. Um, learn to I don't know I don't want to say suffer but you kind of put up with more and then it's just more enjoyable to just 
go with somebody else yeah. that will encourage you. I was going to say find like a good friend and set a crazy goal together and just do it. Mm-hmm. Like everyone has to learn how to bonk on the bike and get through that. Yeah. And that was me yesterday. <laughs> yeah, and you, you know how to get through it. Yeah. I left you for dead. And <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Yeah. No. I, I you wanted, wanted be, you to yeah. leave me and just go my own pace. Like, it's find friends that know when yeah. you're for dad. And I... Oh. Sorry. I'm no, I mean, that's really it. Just, like, get out there and explore and find some great friends to go through that with. I One more piece of advice is, like, it really... It's okay to be last sometimes. Totally. Mm-hmm. Like, it really is. You don't need to make excuses, like, for why you're last or, like, feel bad. Like... Because you're trying, and that's super admirable. Yeah. yeah. And just, like... You eventually you won't be last. Yeah. If you keep keep after it. It's funny because I think weirdly the more professional or like more serious you get about cycling, the more you actually do tend to self handicap yourself or like set up those excuses mm-hmm. yeah. and like not want to be last. Yeah. Yeah. But I think when you're a beginner you don't have that quite as much. Yeah, you're yeah. okay with being last yeah, or you like, just don't think about like it. It's cool, I'm new at this. Yeah. <laughs> right. I think yeah. It's it's okay. And like you know, it's okay to get out of shape, and it's a, it's great to get back in. Like it's, it's an ever changing, yeah, fitness level. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you guys so much. Thank you. Thank you. This was fun. fun. Yeah. Your new favorite podcast. Seriously. <laughs> oh, yeah. Where can people find you guys? On the internet, on the podcast. Yeah, we have a website. Everything. Yeah. You got. We got to hang out. We got to hang out. And yeah. we're also. I said you got to hang out. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, man, I got it right. You yeah. <laughs> We got to hang out. We got to hang out.com on Instagram and on Wide Angle Podium. Thanks so much for listening to the Consummate Athlete Podcast. We would love if you would head over to iTunes and leave us a review. And while you're there, consider subscribing. We'd also love to connect over at Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Molly J. Herford and Peter is at Peter Glassford. If you have ideas or questions from today's podcast, or you just want to browse some of the show notes and past shows, you can also check us out at consummateathlete.com. Thanks, guys, and we will see you next time.